Welcome to Bourbon and Beignets. My name is Whitney Evans-Snarden. And I'm Ginger Moore. I'm the bourbon. No, you're not. I'm the beignet. I do this every time because I want to be the bourbon, y'all. I'm the beignet. (laughs) She's the beignet because she's from New Orleans. And I'm the bourbon because I'm from Kentucky and I don't even really drink bourbon. That's why I feel like I'm the bourbon. I know. I know. But you know what? We we keep people guessing. Yeah. Keep you on your toes. Um, But either way, welcome to Bourbon and Beignets. This is a podcast um, about life, family, relationships, food, New Orleans, Kentucky, but last, last but certainly not least, Jesus. Always so Jesus. Love talking about Jesus. So uh, this season, well, this is season three of Bourbon and Beignets, we are going over real women of the Bible. And so if you haven't heard um, the previous episodes, please go back and listen. I think my favorite thus far is Bathsheba and Lady Di. Oh. That was a it, good one. It might be my favorite, too. It, it's been my favorite so far, but every, all the rest of them are awesome, too. I heard a couple other people say, you know, this is this is my favorite. That was my favorite. But so far, that's been my favorite. So maybe it's because I'm watching The Crown now, Ginge. Oh, yeah. You're, you're so. fully committed to The Crown, and it makes I am me happy. so fully committed. It is juicy. I'm loving it. It's so saucy. So Well, and we did... And I think, you know, we love the Bathsheba one because, you know, if if you are just listening to us for the first time, Mm -hmm. you don't know what we're talking about. So let me explain. Yeah. We take a Bible woman Mm -hmm. and we study her and we talk about her and then we compare her to a modern day woman because the whole gist of this season, our focus is that so many times we look at a woman in the Bible right. and we think that she possessed skills that we don't have or right. she had some Bible superpower or maybe right. we don't even think she was a real person that existed. Right. I believe that the women in the Bible really existed Me and too. they dealt with the same craziness that we deal with. I'm and telling you. Just craziness, but yeah. So that was a really good background change. Oh, thank you. Sometimes I forget these things. That's why. That's why we're partners. And so we did. Well, we we did Bathsheba and Diana, and then yes. we were all into that Meghan Markle interview. Yeah. And so we did a little bonus episode because yeah, three I, three A and three B. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. that what you did? Yeah. Well, she Whitney's our tech person. She posts. I, I'm I'm just provide I provide words and comedy and Whitney posts all our stuff for us, which is great. And uh, but we did a little a little bonus episode because mm-hmm. we both needed to decompress after the Oprah interview. Yes, and yeah. now I will tell you, I'm not going to call any names, but um, my dearest and my best, Randy Lynn, mm-hmm. you know who you are if you're listening. She was not pro Megan. Yeah. And I spent last weekend with her and we were talking. We'd gone to a Bible conference together and mm-hmm. got encouraged in the Lord. And then she started like besmirching Team Megan. I was like, <laughs> hold what? up. What? <laughs> so, anyway, everyone can have their own opinion yeah. about the Megan interview. But our bonus episode, it was fun it for was us good. to talk about. It um, was good. But yeah. before we start, we got to do kicks of the day, kicks of the day pearls and pearls of the day. So, yeah. Today, um, oh, this season is inspired by um, women, of course. So all of my kicks are either inspired by a woman, designed by a woman, um, or 
are created by one, like an actual woman designer, um, or a collab with a woman. And today's shoes is a collab or a collaboration with a woman. Uh, they're Reeboks DMX 2Ks, and it's a collaboration with Gigi Hadid. So, um, my girls are big, GJ. She's fans. so pretty, like, she's just so pretty, and she's just like kind of down to earth. I, I'm liking it. Um, and these shoes are actually really comfortable. Like, I, I was like, I don't know about these zip up shoes because y'all they zip up in the front. Um, and Corbin teased me about them a little bit. He's like, You say you gotta lace up your shoes, they don't really have laces. I was like, Whatever, like, because yeah. I literally can't unlace them, but um, they're really comfortable. They're like little khaki color. And then I have a um, Goddess Dope shirt, I've had this on a couple times throughout the uh, last, last two seasons. Do you have it in red too? I have a red one, I have a bright highlighter yellow and blue one, I have a okay. A uh, pan African flag one. It's okay. like red, yellow, and green. Yeah. Okay, because I feel like this is the first time that I've seen the, the olive green. Yeah, one. this is a new one. I like it. I this like it. This is a new one. It works yeah, for you. It goes definitely. with your eyes. So, Thanks. pearls of the day, super casual today. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I thought, this is my life. Sometimes my pearls have this exotic story. Like, yeah. my friend got them when she was traveling around the world yep. and brought them back to me. Or... Like today. Today, it's called a short strand pearl station necklace. I like it's it. It's from a very exclusive boutique called Target. Mm, ooh, yeah. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Target. <laughs> and I love them. They are, it's a silver chain with the pearls spaced out. They're um, cute though. They look fancy. I know, but see, they're not. Hey. So there you go. Good there deal. you go. But we are. Let's just move on to our woman. Yeah, yeah. Ginger's so. going to do the story today. So I'll let Ginger give the background for and, this and woman. And Whitney, Whitney's going to give the color commentary. I, def I definitely got the com color commentary on lock today. So our woman today is Abigail. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know who Abigail is, she was one of David's wives. And so the scripture for this is 1 Samuel 25. It tells her story. Her name means my father is joy. I did not know that's what Abigail means. I didn't know that either. So let me give you the background because this is a really, her her situation is interesting. And I yeah. think we won't call names, but I think we've all known a woman like Abigail. Mm -hmm. um, so here's the back. The backstory is really important yes. to the rest of the The backstory story is Saul is king. This is in the time of Saul and David and mm -hmm. all of that. So Saul is king. Samuel was the prophet that everyone loved. Samuel had died. Mm -hmm. The people had grieved. Saul had already been in rebellion against God for a while at this point. And he has been <laughs> chasing David, trying to kill him. But he's also been fighting enemies of the children of Israel at the same time. So at this point, Saul is off fighting the Philistines and other pagan countries, and David is on the run hiding. And um, he, David had like this group of men with him. Yes. I have seen, you know, some people said it was 300 men, up to 600 men. So he had his little band of marauders, you know, and they would... Um, they would just kind of fight anybody. Right. You know, if there was a battle to be had, right. David was your guy. Right. So, you know, to take care of that many men, mm -hmm. it's logistically, that's a lot of men to take care of. And so at the time, 
Abigail is married to a man named Nabal. And Nabal's name literally means foolish. Yeah, Um, on brand. Foolish, stubborn, Mm. and his name really described him well because he was just a big, rich jerk. Now, question. Yes? Do you think the meaning of his name came after, like, this story? I don't know. That's a great. That's came a great. First, the question. chicken or the egg? I just thought about that. But continue. It's a. It's a great. Or was it a self fulfilling prophecy? Or, yeah. You very know? true there. Maybe. Too. Maybe his mom and dad were like, "Look at this baby. He looks like kind of a stubborn jerk. Well, let's call a him Nabal." <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, or maybe. Maybe he's named after his grandfather, who yeah. actually was awesome. Yeah, exactly. And so they really didn't consider the name. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? But that's a great question. Thank you for asking, Whitney. Okay. Something You're to welcome. consider. Mm-hmm. Well, um, Nabal was a Calebite. Mm-hmm. He was a descendant of Caleb, mm-hmm. of the whole Joshua and Caleb. Well, he had um, lots of stuff. And yes. in Bible times, stuff equaled livestock. Right. Sheep and donkeys and goats and, you know, tents and servants. And right. So um, David and his men are on some of Nabal's property. Mm-hmm. And there are all these sheep. And Nabal's servants, his shepherds, that yes. he hires and takes care of. They're taking care of the sheep, but there are so many sheep that David and his men actually are helping them take care of the sheep. And it gets to the point where David and his guys need food. So if you remember, we've talked about this before, you know, in Bible times, hospitality, really important. It's a big thing. Yes. And, you know, and you think back... Um, not to like open a can of worms and then have to shove all the worms back in the can, yeah. but like go for it. You think of the story of Sodom and Gomorrah when um, the people, the guys are banging on the door and mm-hmm. um, Lot like offers one of his daughters. Exactly. You know, it, it was like a honor dishonor yeah. culture yeah. and hospitality was a, a. They took it to another level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of the context of how important hospitality is. But Nabal, he does not care about what is culturally expected because David asked for food and. Not only does Nabal refuse him the hospitality of offering him mm. food. What else did he do, Ginge? He was insulting to him. And he was Super like, insulting. who is David? Who is this? He says, who is David? Who is this son of Jesse? Now, that was just sarcastic because by the, this is like post-Goliath. Right. So people know who, who David, David is. is. You know, and they know everybody around the area knows that Saul hates David. And, right. you know, all of that. So... Nabal is, you know, he's a smart aleck. He doesn't show hospitality. He is shady towards David Mm -hmm. and his guys. And um, this was during sheep shearing time. Now, Mm -hmm. sheep shearing time was um, probably not as big as Kentucky Derby. But But it was was big. It was a party. Mm -hmm. It was a big party. And um, Nabal had, it says in this scripture that Nabal had like, 3,000 sheep that That's they were going to be shearing. So you have to think, have you ever held a sheep? Um, have a you sheep? Ever, have you ever sheared a sheep? Oh, no, I have not sheared a sheep, but I've, I've watched a YouTube video of it. It is okay. very interesting how yes. they do it. Well, 
when I was getting my teaching degree Mm -hmm. a million years ago, I held a sheep up in the position that you hold them to shear them, where you you put them up. You got to hold the legs. You pull the legs up. It paralyzes the sheep. And the, the sheep was leaning on my legs, and sheep are covered in lanolin. Yeah. And so everybody thought it was, oh, let's let the big hair girl with the lip gloss, let's let her hold the sheep. So I'm holding the sheep. It gets lanolin like Ugh. all over my jeans. Yeah. It was disgusting. And I kind of felt bad for the sheep. But it's, it is messy, hard but work. to be sheared. It is labor intensive. And, you know, I mean, kudos to them for trying to make it a party. That's, right. That's great. And you know if you've got 3000 you're shearing that's a lot of money. It is a ton of money. It's a lot of wool. Yeah. So, and the thing is, David wasn't even asking for the party food. He wasn't like, hey, mm-hmm. can we crash your sheep shearing party? He was like, we just need some provisions. Can right. you help us out? And so the answer was no. So David, mm. he's mad. Oh, yeah. He's totally ticked off. And he's like, you know what I'm going to do? He has refused me hospitality. All I've done is help take care of his stupid sheep. Mm-hmm. We're just going to go kill him. Yeah. That's just what we're going to go slice you know, and dice. David obviously let his anger get the better of him. Mm-hmm. He says, I'm just going to go kill him. Be done with this. <laughs> so right now, the, the main players in the story are Ab, uh, Nabal and David. And neither one of them are really using their heads right yeah, now. Yeah, no, not at all. They're They're thinking like, like. Yeah, never yeah. Mind. toddlers. Just, yeah, yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> and and this is the part as a woman I can identify. Mm-hmm. In steps Abigail, mm-hmm. and Abigail is the voice of reason, right? And she says, "Okay, Nabal, God, I cannot believe this is who I've gotten stuck to be married to." But I mean, like, we're going to die, right? So she went to her her house servants, mm-hmm. and she says, listen, I need you all to help me. We're going to gather some provisions up. We are going to go. I am going to go deliver this on some donkeys to David, mm-hmm. and maybe he won't kill us. Right. So this would have been, if you were going to act this out for a movie, it would have mm-hmm. been really dramatic. Because oh, yeah. she, like, comes up. She's riding on the donkey. She's got all this junk behind her. And I pulled up what it was that she took. The girl was cooking, Mm -hmm. and her staff was cooking. She had 200 loaves, two skins of wine, which were really big. I was going to ask you, how many bottles do you think a skin had? Let's Google it. Yeah. You can You Google it while I tell the story. So two skins of wine, five cooked sheep, five sea of grain, which I don't even know that measurement, Hmm. but it sounds like a lot. A hundred clusters of raisins and two hundred fig cakes, and when she shows up to David, she gets off her donkey and she goes down on the ground in just this very humble stance. Because truly, David's reputation is around people know David. You don't mess with him. Like exactly, he killed a giant. You know, a woman on a donkey. That's not going to be a big challenge for him. But she goes to him and she's really humble. 12 bottles of wine. So she, so 12 for one skin of wine? Wait. Oh, no, 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 more to come. Okay, okay. No, that's a case of wine. (laughs) I don't want to. Let's Google correctly. Let's Google. I'm sorry, (laughs) y'all. So she pleads to David to save her family. And she says, Now, David, you're angry. And if you go and you kill Nabal and his all his people, 
you're going to regret this later because you are a man that that serves God. Now, right. don't let your anger get the better of you. And like she's successful. David stops and he's like, and if you've ever have you ever been so angry and someone stops you? Oh yeah. And you're like oh, after oh, yeah. you're like I'm so glad. Oh like, yeah. Oh yeah. I've definitely been there. Yeah. Definitely. You burn there. a little hot, don't you? Oh yeah. I I <laughs> I get up to a point and then I'm just like oh, you took me to that point. Like I I was telling Ginger one day, I'm like if I'm crying and it's a situation where like it's getting heated, clear the room. Because by that point, I'm like, I'm crying because I can't hit you. So that is, it's coming through as tears. It's not because I'm upset. So, yeah. Well, I, I'm i not a super angry person, except when people pull in the fast lane in front of me. Oh, yeah. It would probably yeah. be like, it's that's my rage point, really. But yes. um, David, you know, I, I get the impression when you read through this story in 1 Samuel 25, like it was a blinding rage that he was like, give me my sword, I'm going. And so she was able to just diffuse that with him. Exactly. And he says, okay, thank you for the provisions. I am not going to go kill your husband and all of your family and all of the servants. Um, So... She, you know, I can just picture her like she's she's been doing all this stuff to get this sheep shearing party going. And then she's like, OK, so let's see, I've got everything for the sheep shearing party going. Mm-hmm. Now, Nabal's been an idiot. So now I've saved the family. I'm now we're not all going to get killed. Exactly. And now I've got to go back and make sure the sheep shearing party is still going the way it needs to go. I think it was the wine. I, I had to do some math, but it was almost 11 bottles of wine. 11 in, bottles. In the two skins. It's like five. In some change. It's like five and a okay. third bottles. Okay. Thank- per skin. Thank you, Whitney. You're welcome. Good. I figured that was important. I feel like that might have that might have contributed to him, like, you know, being like, nah, it's all right. I'm not gonna kill y'all. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was like, It's really good wine. It's really good wine. Right. Um, but so if you can picture this if it's a movie, mm-hmm. she's tired. You know, that was We're emotionally out. draining that she's done. Then she goes back and there is Nabal in his go. tent. Uh, with all his party people, and he's drunk, mm. and you know they're all good it's, wine. Yeah, it's celebratory, and there's a lot of gluttony mm-hmm. going on here. Mm-hmm. And just the way you you get Nabal's vibe in this is he's just really arrogant. He's used yeah. to with his wealth. He says it. He says jump, and everybody around him says how high. Exactly. And but Abigail. She walks into his party, yep, and she says, um, "I'm going to go ahead and interrupt you here, and just let me explain what has happened." And so he, she tells him, "You refused hospitality. Mm-hmm. I have taken provisions to them, and his plan was to come kill you and all of us." Mm-hmm. And so the next thing that happens. So you, it's dead silent. Right. Like the party stops. She goes in. She's like, this is what I've done. Mm-hmm. You know, mic drop from Abigail. Boop. And then it says he becomes like stone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, people yep. speculate heart attack, stroke, mm-hmm. yeah. um, you know, s- blood clot. Yep. I don't know. But whatever it was, something medically happened to him that 10 days later he died. Gone. And so... 
God don't like ugly. Mm. No. Or I wonder if it was just like fear and shock. That too. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, we don't know. We don't yep. know. But we do know of everything that we've talked about so far this season is women are very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You know, so now she's a widow with all of this property, but she does not, um, she technically doesn't have any inheritance rights. Right. None of these possessions are hers. And so this is the part I think that's weird, but also kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Because David hears what happens. Right. And what, however she carried herself in her interactions with him, he liked what he saw. He was like, hey, you want to come be my wife? I mean, I've already got one, but... I got a couple. Yeah. <laughs> I can um, have more. Yeah. <laughs> and And... Technically, he had. She would. Technically, she would have been his third. Yeah, because yeah. he had McCall or right. Mikhail first, mm-hmm. and then that was King Saul's daughter. Yes. and she went off to marry somebody else, and then he had his other wife. Oh, what is her name? Um, Ahin- Ahinoam. Ahinoam. Yeah. Ahinoam. And so then he was like, "Hey, Abigail, you want to come with me and be my wife?" And she was like. Sure. Sure. And this is what's interesting, and I couldn't really work through the answer of this. When she said yes, did David absorb all of Nabal's wealth? Mm. It doesn't say whether Nabal and Abigail had a son who would have gotten all of that. Right. But we do know that David still was going around as... um, he was basically um, a nomad. Yeah. You know, so yeah. she chose this life to go with him where she was. Um, yep. It's not like it was a life of leisure. Right, right, exactly. She, but um, it was still going to be hard work. She was working hard before. Yes, and but now she's going to be traveling. Yeah. But it did say later in scripture she had a child with him. Mm-hmm. So. My whole thing about Abigail, because I will be honest in full disclosure. Whitney was like, eh, you know, Abigail, I mean, yeah, we need to cover, but she's not my fave. Yeah. And yeah, that's yeah. and that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. But I love Abigail. Yeah. Because I just I just think there are so many times that a woman studies the ship. Absolutely. I agree. And, and I love that part. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like at our house, um, Mike, you know. He's 54. I mean, he's seen a lot of life. He's mm-hmm. lived a lot of life. You mm-hmm. know, I, he's just not, he just doesn't go off half cocked. Right. He never has right. um, since I've been connected with him. Yeah. Um, but I just know so many women who have been in a situation where mm-hmm. they were the person that quelled the storm. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, the other, it was, it's kind of hard to, like, associate her with one woman because I've seen this so many times. Like, I've seen my mother do this. I've done this with Corbin, like, okay, you need to, like, yeah. hold back, doggy. You're, like, you're at 11. I need you at about a five. I need you, yeah, I need you, <laughs> need you, you know, down here and stuff. So, I think that that's, um, I think I see this in a lot of women. Like, I don't think it's necessarily one person, but... Ginger, of course, in her cleverness, found someone who I agree. Like, I definitely agree that this woman, who is a real woman in modern day, (laughs) 
she got the short end of the stick, y'all. She just did in all all accords. Um, and not that Abigail did, but she kind of was like, I mean, David was like, you know, I mean, you could be my wife. Hey, might as well. Like, I mean, she kind of got passed down. Like her her first husband, he died, but not only did he die, he was a butthole. Like he was a total jerk. So. I mean, she really was getting the short end of the stick after she saved his life. So it's like, dude, well, come on. Well, okay. And before we talk about before we talk about our real woman, yes, I will say this was a struggle. Yeah, I mean, it for was. us to come up with a real yeah. woman, and actually Maggie helped us. with yeah, this one. I, my daughter Maggie came up with this. Yeah. But one of the differences, though, I'm going to start. I'm going to preface this with one of the differences mm-hmm. is that Abigail in Scripture she was described as discerning and beautiful. Yes. And I remember teaching my girls about Abigail when they were growing up, and mm-hmm. I said, you know, the important part about Abigail is that she was first described as discerning, right? Because you know, according to my mama, anybody can be beautiful with right. the cosmetics we have today. Anyone can be beautiful That's on the it. outside. That's it. To be discerning, mm-hmm. to be kind to be a level head, mm-hmm. um, that's inside work, and yes. that is inside beauty. But go ahead. You tell them who our modern-day woman I is. I don't think this person is as discerning. No. And honestly, probably wasn't as beautiful as Abigail. But the person we're going to be talking about is Tanya Harding, and Jeff Galuli plays the role of Nabal. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Jeff Galuli is certainly Nabal. Like, yes. oh my gosh. Um, Foolish would be an apt oh, descriptor yeah, of Jeff yeah. Galuli. It's on brand for Jeff Galuli. So um, we we really talked about this after the I, Tanya. Like, we, we centered this around the I, Tanya movie. And I told Ginger before um, we started recording, I was like, I remember this happening. Like, I remember the whole Nancy Kerrigan, Tanya Harding deal, but I saw it from a child's eyes. Like, I was five yes. when all this was going on and so in love with the Olympics. Like, I love the Olympics now. It, Wait it a is 94. I was five. I was, I was, you were five. Winter Olympics, <gasps> 94. I was five. I, I was, was 24. <laughs> well, <laughs> well. Oh. So my perspective was interesting because all I'm hearing is like, you know, Nancy Kerrigan's the victim, which she was. Sure. And Tanya Harding is the aggressor. Like, Tanya Harding is the villain and Nancy Kerrigan's the victim. But really, after watching that movie, which apparently was very spot on. I've heard that. I've heard that. That Tanya Harding was also a victim and she was she wasn't as discerning, but at some point, you know, she she became a little bit more discerning. But really as a child, like I was like Tanya Harding is the worst. She's gross, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, people were comparing their beauty and it was just oh, like yeah. looking back it's so cringy, especially as a young girl to not have known that back into the story but only seeing what's happening through the media. And for me it was really it was kind of eye-opening as I got older to be like, oh, my gosh, this is what was actually happening, you know, in the background. So Well, yeah. and, you know, I remember it happening. Mm-hmm. And I just remember seeing the news coverage. I mean, if they showed that video once oh of my Nancy Kerrigan. And I, I'm not laughing. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I really I am not laughing that. at the fact that Nancy Kerrigan was 
physically hurt, but like she the, was the crying, she the was wailing. wailing on that video. <laughs> she was really it crying. Was, it like, was bad, and it wasn't funny. But like she did like a ugly, like the cry was so ugly, and because she was so pretty, like I think that's probably why it was a little funny. Because like her ugly cry was mad ugly, like I mean super ugly. And I get it. You worked for all these years, and you know for you to go down, literally go down how you went. That that is very disheartening. But um, yeah, man. Well, so we came up with this, and the and I had seen the I Tanya movie advertised. I was mm-hmm. like, oh gosh, a movie about Tanya Harding. What? Well, then right. Maggie watched it first, mm-hmm. and she said, because I mean, this was five years before Maggie was born, right? Right? So, right? So, um, you know, she watched it, and she was like, Mom, you and Dad need to watch this movie. It is so good. She goes, it is so. Well done. Mm-hmm. And I was like, really? And it was Margot Robbie. Yes, played she's so good. Tanya Hart, and she's good in everything. She understands the assignment. Yes, she <laughs> did. She did. Yes. And um, so then Mike and I watched it. And we were like, Maggie, way to go! Yeah, you know, yeah. like you picked a good one. But it did. I think it was a it was a really interesting portrayal of mm-hmm. Tanya's backstory mm-hmm. and how things progressed. Yep. And I, you know, this is one of the similarities. There was a whole lot of Abigail's life that was dictated to her through no choosing of her own. Yes. And that was one of the things um, that kind of jumped out uh, when we were looking for this modern day comparison is that if you watch I, Tanya, or you, you know, and you could watch a documentary about Tanya Harding if you're not an I, Tanya movie um, fan, but... You know, Tanya Harding did not have a lot of choices. Mm-mm. I mean, her life was tough. It was a struggle yep, and yep. Um, a lot of abuse and neglect and um, pressure and, um, you know, the level of verbal abuse yes. that was heaped on her yes. by people that were supposed to be yep. keeping her safe. Yep. So that part, the the vulnerability of Tanya mm-hmm. and the vulnerability of Abigail, I think yep. I picked, that was certainly a similarity. Yes. Um, you know, and then being trusting. Yep. You know, I think, I do think that she was very much blindsided. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Big you know, um, and... To be in a situation where mm-hmm. there, you feel a lot of desperation, yep. Which so I that was a similarity between them. Yep. Um, now I feel like obviously a difference for me is that I just view Abigail as just this very well. I mean, it said she was discerning, mm-hmm. but I feel like she operated in a very measured. Way, yes, yes, you know, like, yes, I, I'm in charge of all of this stuff, mm-hmm. all of this material stuff, yep, yep. and you know, to run a household oh, of yeah. this scale, there was it was hard, it's really you know? hard. Um, three thousand sheep, I'm overwhelmed just thinking about that, and just you know, her role, you know, just yep. taking care of servants and staff and family, and you know, well. And having to deal with this jerk of a husband. You've got a jerk of a husband. Mm-hmm. And I will say this, and you can give your opinion as well. Um, great financial wealth does not usually equal great contentment, joy, or peace. Right. Some of my most unhappy friends mm-hmm. are 
my wealthiest yeah. friends. Yeah, yeah. And Agreed. I live on number nine ferry of Country Club. I see all kinds yeah. of things. <laughs> you, know, you know, so it's, yeah. you know, I feel like a lot of times, yeah. you know, if you, if you are dealing with that level of wealth, mm-hmm. There's yep. a lot that comes with comes with that, and you know, um, what isn't like I've seen like a little magnet on somebody's refrigerator that said, "I was cut out to be rich. I was just sewn up wrong." Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. Right, right. You know, right. but uh, I think we all say yep. like, or what is it? Money can't buy happiness, or they they say money can't buy happiness. But I sure like to give it a try. I'd like to give it a shot, <laughs> definitely. But I, I think the same goes with Tanya Harding. I mean, she was at it was the Olympics. So I mean, you get to a point in your career. This is the pinnacle of sports, right? It's to be an amateur athlete. Um, or if you're a professional basketball player, they have allowed that um, in the Olympics, right? Um, in, in track and field. So, uh, you know, these are athletes at the top of their games. Um, and so it should be a happy moment for both Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan. And look how it ended. Yeah, it ended up, you know, I just remember watching No Glory, the movie, <laughs> like, she really wanted to skate and be yes. able to compete. Yes. And she ended up coming in eighth. Yep. And yep. I, I think. Yeah. It was Nancy not. Nancy Kerrigan got the silver. Yep. I think she came in second. Yep. Exactly. Um, but anyway, but <laughs> in that movie, Jeff Galuli, oh. oh, what a knucklehead. I mean, he's I such mean, a good scumbag in that movie and in real life. Yeah. yeah. So I did a little research on him. He he ended up going to jail. Mm-hmm. So he did not become a stone and die 10 days later. No. He, um, he did go to jail. He did not. He It was supposed to be a six-month sentence. He did not serve. He did not turn to stone, but what did he do? He changed his name. Oh, <laughs> look at you, Whitney. He Boom. actually changed his name i mean and this is bad like when your last name becomes like kind of an insult like yeah what'd you get what are you gonna do Galuli galulier yeah 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 exactly <laughs> you know, don't exactly. go all jeff galulier don't on go all jeff galulier <laughs> yeah um so he changed his name to jeff stone ironic yeah and so mm-hmm. they um he and Tanya divorced. Mm-hmm. He married again. Mm-hmm. That wife tragically committed suicide. Mm-hmm. They had children together. Yep. Yep. He is now married to his third wife, mm-hmm. and he is raising the children from his second wife. Yeah. But yeah. he operates as Jeff Stone. And something else I read that when I was researching for this episode, so interesting. When they were filming I, Tanya, mm-hmm. and he found out what... I'm going to be in this. Like, somebody's going to... Oh, no. He met with the actor playing him. Cringy. And he was, like, mad about it. Like, he was not there for... And I understand. It's not like it's portraying him in a great life. Right. Or he's not, you know... I mean, what did he expect, though? Yeah. It's like, you shouldn't have done it. Exactly. There's an idea. Exactly. Um, But, you know, it was one of those things that... uh, he met with the actor, and I, it didn't say like he was trying to intimidate him or right, anything. Right. But straight up, he was like, "Nobody's gonna watch this. Like, <laughs> who do you think you are that y'all are gonna do this movie about me? Make me look bad? People aren't gonna watch it." And then it got like, "Oh, Margot Robbie, she won. She won an award. She won an award. Like, and dude, I don't it normally was so get, popular. And I don't get into award shows like that. Yeah. They wear me out. But like, I kind of watched that strictly because I thought." 
I really want her to win. Mm-hmm. She it was she great. did it. She did a phenomenal job in that role. Um, I like her anyway. Like as an actress, I think she she understands all the assignments. Like she does so well in her acting. But it was it was a good movie. But um, I've been writing stuff down as we've been talking. Okay, tell what are your shares? My shares for this episode. So Abigail and Tanya Harding were alike in that they lived a dictated life, and that's been kind of a theme. Yes. Um, this season for real women in the Bible, um, is that a lot of them led dictated lives, but it's still happening today. So, you know, um, let's work on that, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> but they lived the dictated life. They both li- lived dictated lives. Um, they both had husbands who were jerks and buttholes. So, um, that <laughs> I is think that. This is the first episode that you've used the word butthole. Well. Okay. I'll try again later on <laughs> in another episode. <laughs> Depends on who we're talking about. You never know. You never know. Um, they both were victim of their circumstances. So Abigail literally could have lost her life um, as a result of her butthole husband's. <laughs> That's three. For three everybody times. keeping count. <laughs> uh, his issues. And Tanya Harding was clearly a victim of some difficult circumstances of poor decision making by her butthole husband. Yep. So. Four times. Four. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, someone someone keep a counter. Um, if this was not a Christian podcast, I say play a drinking game, but we're not going to do that here. No, we're not. Um, the next uh, observation is that they were both very vulnerable um, as well as trusting. And sometimes their trust, um, their naturally natural ability to trust or um, liking the trust turned into um, some of their vulnerabilities. So, um, and then last but not least, there's a sense of desperation at some point from both of them. Uh, so that those are my interesting. Yeah, those were my takeaways. Well, yeah. thank you for sharing those. Those are great takeaways. You're welcome. Um, well, I didn't have a lot of takeaways when it came to Tanya Harding, uh, because really, truly, I mean, we just had to go with Jeff Galuli. Had to, you know, got to. But I, the reason I loved Abigail, and you know, growing up, especially when we were homeschooling, I would teach my girls different lessons about women in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And um, so these were my big lessons from Abigail. Um, guard your reputation. Mm-hmm. You know, when she was described in Scripture, it was first discerning, then beautiful. Yep. You know, what do you want to be known for? Mm-hmm. If somebody says, you know, Whitney Evans Snarden. Did you say I did that? I see. I see what you Whitney did Whitney Evans Snarden. Yes. Um, what is the first word that comes to mind? Yeah. You know, and granted, we cannot control what people think about right. us, but we can guard our reputation. Exactly. Um, so that is one thing. Um, hospitality can go a long way. Yes. You know, she she had 200 fig cakes. What in the world? 11 bottles of wine. Yeah. In two skins. So, you know, at my house, I always keep the ingredients for an orange juice cake. Oh, that's good. Or I always keep the ingredients to make a derby pie. See? Bourbon and beignets. Bourbon and beignets. I'm the Kentucky part of this. Yes. You know, um, hospitality can diffuse a situation. Sure can. Hospitality can help a difficult conversation go easier. Sure can. Um. Abigail had sacrificial love. Mm-hmm. And this is something, and I, I kind of skipped over this and accept my apologies. The thing I did leave out in that story when she was pleading with David, like, mm-hmm. don't don't go kill my whole family and my dumb husband. Mm-hmm. Um, if somebody 
got to be killed, she sacrificed herself. She said, she you, can, you can kill me. Yeah. And so even this was, you know, thousands of years before Christ, mm-hmm. she was showing sacrificial love, yes. love, that she was willing to give her life to save an entire yes. family. Yes, um, Abigail was a peacemaker. Mm-hmm. And in especially in our modern day world, peacemakers do not get the very shine. good press. They don't you know, get the shine. Um, you know, w- people are much more into um, the Kardashian sisters mm-hmm. fighting or two real housewives oh, yeah. getting in um, a hair snatching match. Right. You know, um, flipping the tables. But she was. She was a peacemaker. She was a diffuser of an intense situation. And I think, you know, women today have all kinds of opportunities to be the peacemaker. Uh, Sometimes it's as simple as being a peacemaker on social media. Yep. I mean, things can escalate quickly. Oh, people love e-thugging. I was just talking to uh, (laughs) one of my coworkers about that the other day. I was like, listen, I'm so not about e-thugging. Like, especially via email. Like, at that point, if I'm like, click, clicking away, no, I'm going to your office. Like, we're going to talk about this (laughs) because I I don't know what the tones are, you know, coming across. But, uh, yeah, that's just, I think that's just whack. It's just... You know, you, you for me to have to think that thoroughly and still put someone down in the process of trying to convey my opinion or my point yeah. across, like, okay, you're just being evil at that point, uh, like, you know, on the internet. So, uh, yeah, that's it's a hot mess. But so, well, and I had a little scripture. Please okay. give them some. Scripture so this was change. my scripture that I came um, came up with. It really applied to. Um, Abigail and her example and just the mm-hmm. way she handled this situation. And it was Proverbs 18, 21. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. All those who love it will eat its fruit. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. So People need to remember that. Yeah. And, you know, and I think, I, and I'm not going to, like, delve into the specifics of the I, Tonya movie, but death and life are in the power of the tongue think back in that movie she suffered so much mm-hmm. verbal abuse Early on. from her parents yes. from her mother um and you know that's you see that there were parts of tanya harding that died yep you know she's still living today whatever but there were parts of her soul that yep. died just because of that people using the power of their tongue for yep. evil and and not good yep. so anyway that was all i had that's all I got too, Ginge. Yeah. So, but we're always um, we're always grateful when y'all listen. Yes. But we wanted to ask you all to do something. Yes, please. So, and you like fill in anything I leave out. Mm-hmm. We want to know where you're listening and when you're listening. So, we- Jessica Torin is listening from her Range Rover. Oh, I yeah. love that. Yeah. Oh, I hope it's got shout that, out JT that quilted interior. Oh, it does. Oh, it's I nice. Love it. it's, I love that. It's nice. Okay. It's nice. Send us a send us a pic of that. So, what we want yeah. you to do is we want you to do a screenshot mm-hmm. of where you're listening to it. Are you listening to it on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, yes. Bean? I don't know any other places, but apparently there are some more. Yeah. If you could screenshot it and yes. tag us. Yes. Because if you tag us on Instagram, then we will see it. Mm-hmm. And I, we just are curious. And then we want like to be able to We just would be able to add it to our story if you tag us. So, yeah. And you can tag, you know, our Bourbon and Beignets Instagram. Mm-hmm. But you can tag 
at the Ginger Moore, mm-hmm. at Whitter Miss, at Whitter Miss, mm-hmm. and um, we just want to see how many of you all are listening during the week. Yeah, let us know. We want some more interaction, y'all. Definitely. So, and we're still working on it. We're getting a new logo in the works. We, That's yeah, exciting. Yeah, it's, I can't wait. It's coming um, together. We'll shout out the artists when we, um, you know, do that. We got some things in the works. We got some some big stuff coming up. Yeah. So we're, um, we, we're talking. We're throwing out some ideas of recording on location. Yes. So We've never done this Y'all before. be ready and going through maybe guest stars. We had one. You know, Maggie was on. Yeah, Maggie was. So. But we want to, we're thinking about having some other videos. Visitors mm-hmm. to the old bourbon and beignets TRC studio. Exactly, exactly. Okay. So y'all, y'all give us some ideas. What would y'all like to hear and see um, us talk about next season and maybe in the intermission season? Um, also, if you love our music, it's called by God CBG Acapella. It's from their um, album uh, for its purpose. So please go ahead and listen to that. Um, and I guess we're going to say bye as we listen to that intro and outro music. Yeah, thanks for listening, y'all. Thanks. Bye. Fill me up. Please make me know.